nerd, 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 We got a nerd podcast for you. We talk about nerd things for you. We're nerd, nerd, nerds for you. There's lots of other podcasts out there that do nerd things, but we do it just as good as them. Just as good as equal to them. <laughs> Moderately to fair to midland better than them. <laughs> Moderately better. <laughs> Not much better. But just enough mod- better. Moderately. Yeah. You probably have a palette of podcasts that you might listen to, or what do they call that? A plate? A buffet? A buffet? A buffet. <laughs> you have a buffet of podcasts. We might be one of them. We ask to be one of them every week. This week on First Issue Club, we got DC's The Man of Steel, number one. Then we got Valiant, Valiant High, number one. And we got Glacier City on the Pandal Syndicate, number one, baby. Well, okay, guys. So, uh, funny thing happened today, and we discovered that there's another podcast that does exactly what we do. A lot of us thought to ourselves, just me. (laughs) That's sad. Greg had an existential crisis. Yeah, sure. (laughs) There are things that happen to all of us in our days that get us into sad loop. I'm wondering, what is your go-to methodology to get out of it? I'm Mike DeStacy. My, when I'm triggered, I hit up my cell phone and I play those dumb app games where you just push a button, jumping or bouncing off of a wall over and over again, and I just space out to that for like an hour. Was that answer too real? I mean, nope. you won't get this I mean, kind of information from any other podcast. <laughs> here, so. uh, I'm Caitlin Rossick, and mine's drugs. Hell yeah. Sure. So that's it. Yeah. And like yeah. just vitamins, which oh, count as like, drugs. You mean like Whole Foods drugs? Kind of. <laughs> so uh, when I get into sad loop, I default to getting angry, and I just like say things like, well, we have a better podcast, and they can suck a dick. <laughs> So I do that a little bit. But then there was one time I got in terrifying anxiety. So I listened to a song by The Death Set called Positive Thinking. Music is good. I used to listen to Octopus's Garden because that song's so stupid. It's just like you picture yourself with your like pouty mad face. And then it's like, well, I'd like to be under the sea. And it's just like, mm, okay. Everything's Pretty not soon you're so just bad. bopping and swaying. That's like what we do when we fight. We have to pull our pants up like, like yeah. comically high so that we can't. We just ridicule ourselves during really intense it's hard to say very it's hard to do personal attacks when you're looking at someone and their pants are like up to their nipples yeah uh this is Kirk like tie and when i get the weepies i like to just cross my eyes and stare into the middle distance and pretend i have like some kind of superpower i'm just more important than i really am and for a short glimmer of a moment i'm happy let's get this podcast First up, we got DC's The Man of Steel by Brian Michael Bendis and Ivan Reyes. We find the mysterious, the magical Clark Kent in a world where he's none other than a journalist saving the day, a burning building, kind of a pretty uh, dumbass trope if you ask me, in that he finds a luscious beauty of a redhead that is interested in him 
And we get a little bit of backstory. Wah, wah. Clark Kent's family's dead. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the most passive-aggressive <laughs> review of Superman. <laughs> Unapologetic. Uh, are, you, are, you, yeah, are you Lex Luthor or something? <laughs> <laughs> the best part about this book is that there is an intro to a new supervillain whose name is not Razal Ghoul. His <laughs> name is Nazal Cool. No, his name is... Um, <laughs> I was going to be like, wait a minute, that's a rapper name. Um, his name is Wazel Bool. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. Say <laughs> <laughs> the goddamn name. I don't actually know it. It's like Rogel. Rogel. You don't, you don't know it because it was completely not memorable. I know you're saying that it was the cool, well, coolest part of this comic, but like... I feel like someone told a teenager, like, draw a bad guy. And, like, yes. this is what they drew. That's what I wanted. It would have been way more like... interesting, I think, if you have a guy that's not just like, I'm a monster. Got, I'm like an eye patch. Every time you cut to him, he was, like, doing CrossFit with, like, other alien bodies yeah. or something, too. Like, well, I don't understand what he was doing. When we were joking about the name being very close to what we remembered as <laughs> Ross I was like, I can't even remember what he did. Not that I think he wasn't a good villain, but he just didn't really do anything in this first issue. Right. And names are hard to remember. It needs to be like Crusher or, you know, the Ender, Jack of, ender of all things. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. I'm not a huge uh, Superman aficionado, but his wife and Superboy, they tell me about that. What happened? What's this? What's going on here? They were dead, right? And we find out that they're dead, or I think it may come from the rebirth situation that they did, where you know it was the new Fifty Two, and then it transitioned into rebirth. But I think Lois Lane and Superman had a baby, and it's this little guy. Apparently, they're dead now, or gone, or maybe like a time manipulation. What part of this are you most excited about? Bad guy, redhead. I think firefighter. Fire Chief Redhead. Fire Chief Redhead. Is my fave. Hubba, yeah. Hubba. When, yeah. when she first took off her helmet and it was like, oh, reveal. It's a <laughs> I'm ba- a woman. It's a babe. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have a non-traditional job. Yeah. <laughs> my I luscious was, locks. Was, I'm not wearing a ponytail, even though it would yeah. make sense for me to. <laughs> I always hate reveals. She had it pinned up. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I always hate, like... Look at the screen, like reveals like that, where it's just like, turns out he was gay. Turns out it yeah. was a woman, yeah. uh, and that's what this panel felt like for sure. And then four pages later, four pages later, I was like, I want to see where this romance goes. Yeah. <laughs> but then we, but okay, so the flashbacks to his family were very confusing because it kind of had me feeling like, don't you talk to that lady, Superman? You have a wife and so child. If that was the story that he was going to be cheating on his wife, this... <laughs> you would be into it. I oh, think everybody would. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I 100% agree because we want to see Superman not be a Boy Scout. Yeah. 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 I, I think that would have been a crazy way to, to take this. It's like be... seeing Jesus smoke crack. It's just like <laughs> really humanizing. To be that's... honest, that's where I thought it was going because Clark figures out that he gets the go-ahead to write a story about all these arson cases. Yeah. And he's like, that'll help me with this new That's police in. chief in town. That's right. my in. And then he has, like, this uh, look on his face in this bottom corner panel on this page that's just like, I'm going to get to pop. Yeah. <laughs> and the, but it's Clark also Kent like where he's looking pop. at a photo of his <laughs> and wife then, and child. And then he catches a glimpse of his wife and child. And the look on his face is just like, my f- can I still pop? It's, it's like my <laughs> yeah. fucking family, though. From pop to flop. Mm. 
I feel like you'd have a lot of people who would be so pissed and disappointed if they ever even introduced the idea of Superman being infidelity man. Yeah, being infidelity man. <laughs> Stole the words from my mouth. Uh, but I would love I would love Cheaterman. That. <laughs> I, I think the the one like Superman's one of those books that's like has explored a hero's like sensitive side almost to a fault. Like I'm tired of Superman being like, all oh, this responsibility and I can never yeah. take a break because yeah. people die and I can prevent it. And just like, he shouldn't have to bear that burden. I get it. Oh, oh. Also, what was Rogol going to do? What's his thing? Oh, he's going to uh, genocide all of uh, Krypton. And why? Because they just are keeping uh, they won't, doing their they thing? Won't, they won't bend their knee. Yeah. Okay. No, that's oh. Game of Thrones. No, no, no. That's oh wait. For... No, he did say that. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were. That's also a generic plot, just in domination. <laughs> it doesn't only exist in games. That's of why I couldn't figure it out. I was like, is he God mad at Superman? Is he? It might be retroactive. That might be the the thing is that he you find out that he he blew up. Uh, yeah, because Krypton's gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, are we doing flashbacks? Flashback, I think so. Yeah. That's what I I was trying to piece together the. Yeah. Do you think Thanos and Carl Ghoul are gonna fight? <laughs> Carl Ghoul? Yeah, probably. <laughs> like Gargoyle. Marshmallow but... fluff. <laughs> Dude, that's at, at every yeah. con, like every thirteen-year-old kid, like be, be, best question they can come up with to the Marvel panel is like, "What a DC comic would you want to write?" Or do you ever think Marvel and DC are gonna have a comic together? Yeah. I literally hear that question every time I go. I would want to fight Batman and Captain America. Thank you. <laughs> and I'll take my question in my seat with my tiny <laughs> friends. <laughs> my mom's new friend Tim brought me here to Comic Con and having a great time. Who would win in a fight? Crypto, the dog, or the cat that the Flash has? <laughs> you guys ever ask the question questions. at a con? I've never. I would never. You never asked a question? No. I asked two people from the cast of Arrow if they'd kiss each other. Uh, really? Yep. And? The whole crowd erupted. <laughs> it um, just blew off my question. Who are the characters? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Diggle. Diggle? Yeah. Uh-huh. Arrow. Yeah. I gotta say this. I think Superman is probably one of the hardest superheroes to write. He literally can do everything, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have a strong character development. He's just like ultimate like just a really really good guy. Yeah. And I felt like as a moderate uh, understanding of Superman, this comic book had easy entry, tossed me into a world that I could understand and I kind of care about the stakes. And I think mm-hmm. that's textbook Bendis. He did some good stuff. He's known for being a little wordy, mm-hmm. and I don't think this was too wordy. So I think as far as a DC book hard to write superhero, kind of like didn't like, you didn't hate d- it? Didn't whiff, yeah. Yeah. Now from Valiant, we have Valiant High from Daniel Kibblesmith and Derek Charm. Basically, this is all the Valiant characters shrunken down into high school form, and that's it. Yes, you hit the nail on the head. There was <laughs> no real story arc, just an introduction of the characters you've known and loved from Valiant comic books. Also, like, just the 15, first 15 minutes of Sky High. Let me tell you, yeah. if you are a person who thinks you like Archie, but you like Valiant, you're going to love this comic book. We have a comic book for you. I'm that person. 
I don't really know anything about Archie. I loved this comic book. I like Valiant. It was kind of fun to see, like, um, Faith and Woody and... Ninjack. Ninjack and... Uh, Exo Archer and Armstrong, yeah. Okay, as we're going through the list, though, too many characters introduced in this book. Yeah. I think they literally put every Valiant character. Save, save, and it was all intro. Save Nothing a handful else. of them to, for issue two. Yeah. Yeah. Valiant is a universe that has lots of uh, well-developed characters, and they put all of them in high school. If you don't know about those characters, this comic book might be a little confusing to you. I would be interested to hear the opinion of somebody that knows nothing about the Valiant universe and then reading this and hear what they have to say. Well, you're absolutely right, because if you know nothing about Valiant, these winks and nods are just kind of way over your head. Way I, over your head. I know just enough to know who these characters are, but I don't know their backstories, save for like other first issues that we've had, like Quantum and Woody and Archer and Armstrong. This was just like a... a kind of, uh, I don't want to speak for people who don't know, um, but like for me, reading this was kind of like... Okay, well, this is just like every teen plot that I've seen in other movies and just putting it all into this one book. And you don't really get too far into it, but you do get a lot of intro into these characters, and it really didn't do anything for me past that. I 100% agree. It was a little self-aware, though. At one point, she even says, like, I'm going to, or he, he's like, I'm going to he's all that you or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that there are stories here that are going to be fun to follow, though. There's two reasons why I read this book, why we read this book. One, Daniel Kibblesmith wrote, what book do we like? Lockjaw? Lockjaw. Yes, he wrote Lockjaw, and he also writes for Clickhole. This has a lot of potential to be super funny. The other thing that we why we read this book is this is a book that Marvel could never have pulled off. They could never have successfully shrunk down all of their superheroes into a high school and make them interact together in a way that actually carries one plot line. I think that is a huge task to do, and I don't think it was done too poorly. I don't know. If you're the type of person that likes putting pepperonis, butter, and Gatorade on your Golden Grams, you might like this. <laughs> Different enough okay. to be weird, but delicious <laughs> enough to be good. <laughs> yes. When you guys were in high school, did you like stories about high school? I still like high school stories, so I figure... Like I feel like I like them more now than I, I did do. when I, I like was in high school. I like them more now. Do you think I liked stories then about 33-year-olds? I always liked <laughs> stories about people older than me. College, yeah. yeah. That would have yeah. been my college. Or my if you're a little yachty, is 32 is I the do think the death. four. <laughs> I do think the four is perfect for this right now. Like, I think it can be fun in and of itself and like a little self-contained thing. I don't know if I would go into it being like, if it was ongoing, I don't know if I'd be like, yeah, I'm in for the long haul. Right. You know? Next up, we have a book called Glacier City. It was available on Panel Syndicate. What do you guys think? Do we need to explain to the clubbers what Panel Syndicate is again? Yes, sir. All right. This is an online publishing house that is a kind of pay-what-you-want sort of model. Cool creators are taking some of their passion projects and publishing them on this website. You can donate whatever you want to read it. I think if they are successful enough, and you can fund the next issue, and there's enough for these artists to keep going, they'll reward you with more of a kick-ass story if you like it. This one is by Jay Farber and Michael Montenot. Um, your name looks French, Michael, and I might not be pronouncing it right. <laughs> kind of a longer book than you might normally get. You can get yourself 50 fucking pages for whatever price you want, yeah, you Radiohead style. Penny. Could you even pay $0? You can. I think Don't you do can that. That's disrespectful. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah Give yeah. them a quarter. 
I don't. So I feel like Panel Syndicate is like Bandcamp, but like the people are actually more legitimate than some of the people you would find on Bandcamp. Like you really can't. It's like more indie stuff, but like oh, and this it's is- got a caliber to it. That's still very worthwhile. I'm so glad you pointed that out because I didn't make that clear at all. This is very well curated. Yes. It's not like anyone can just post no. their shit no, no, on no. here. There's not even no. that many that you can buy on there. No, uh-huh. there's not no. a ton And they're to all from. fucking solid. Yeah. Um, which leads us into this book, which is great. Tell us about it. Well, first I want to say Jay Farber, writer of Copperhead, <laughs> which is a book that I think all of us liked. So predisposed to liking this, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, this book in particular... Um, is set in Alaska, mm-hmm. I think. Small town Alaska. Made up city named <laughs> Glacier City. Glacier City. <laughs> but it exactly is based right. off a real city. Correct, yes. As we find out Sorry. later, we'll Sorry. get there. Can't <laughs> I'm all about the author's notes. I can't help it. <laughs> so it's kind of a murder mystery, I think. The interesting thing about it is the town's so secluded that we've essentially got one cop running the entire town. Help is always like three hours away. So I think we're going to get into... And also refused by him. Yeah, right. <laughs> he, doesn't he doesn't want it. So this character's got a ton of hang-ups. <laughs> He's an out-of-towner who has some weird reason for wanting to like leave everything dark behind. Past, yeah. So he's got some sort of dark past. And we know a lot of fucked-up things are going to happen, I think, in this small microcosm of a town... Um, where everyone knows each other. It's definitely that small. And there's and, natives and like that we, don't necessarily talk to the town. And Sure, there's yeah. a lot of different like characters at play. I'm super interested to see where this goes. This starts, we find out there is kind of like a drug lord in town. Our cop's been trying to bust him for a really long time. And the way the story's going, you kind of think that this drug lord is going to be like, the arch nemesis of the book and the whole thing's going to be like, how am I going to get this guy? He's dead a couple pages later. Mm. That really did. I was like, oh, well, that's sealed up. Right. Uh, Problem solved. What really? now? Yeah. Book's and, over. And the book, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got way more interesting things at play now. We've got this character's son mm-hmm. who's trying to get revenge on who knows who. We've got mysterious circumstances surrounding his death. So we don't know who killed him. Wrong place, wrong time. If he they was triggered killed. an avalanche, right. which is something you have to do in this town. Mm-hmm. Yes. To like help keep things going. The ecosystem, like, yeah, working correctly. Uh, there's a super creepy weirdo who's just like staring at this <laughs> fight where a guy gets stabbed. Who also works for the people who trigger avalanches, yeah. which yeah. is what you want. In charge of the big cannon. <laughs> yeah. They he's, just like. He's cannon guy. A guy gets stabbed and they just like pan over to this like white nerd, just like. Open, like, slack jaw, just like, oh, I didn't see anything. <laughs> he just gets in his car and just drives off, just mm-hmm. very slowly. <laughs> yeah. Still staring Averting his side. eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't mind me. <laughs> I'm nearsighted. It's fine. I saw nothing. I loved that part. I was like, as soon as they showed that guy, like, before I got any context, I was like, this dude's a creep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we're going to find out something weird about him. We were, He's an incel. We, we, yes. <laughs> you can tell he breathes like Napoleon Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Just Do people, by that one frame. Do people know what incels are? Is that no. like common knowledge? I feel no. like we talked about it briefly. We might on, have. On the text chain. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Ah. There yeah. it is. To our listeners, if you don't know, it's a fun Google search. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do it in private keep browsing. Keep yourself well entertained. <laughs> do it in private These browsing. These are men who are involuntarily celibate. 
they're losers. They're involuntarily. They're self-proclaimed losers. Yeah. Because women are evil. Because women are evil. No, because even if they don't know it. I think it's because there's not mandatory monogamy. Is their argument really? They want the government, but to they do di- believe that women are kind of corruptive forces. Yes, yes. they do. Mm-hmm. But if the government would mandate marriage, all their problems would be solved. Ugh. There's, there are the <laughs> greasy guys that smell like no deodorant at your local anywhere. Right, that's a better way to say body odor. You smell like no deodorant. Yeah. <laughs> they're the guy. They're the guy you wonder what happened to him in high school. You they, don't they, use they think pajama pants are just regular pants. <laughs> And they're wearing like a Guinness fedora. (laughs) They're the guys that when you're standing in line and you get out of line, they go, "Mm, got in line, can't get back in (laughs) for this toy. Excuse me. For this toy. You have 14 items in the 11 (laughs) express lane. Oh, can I ask you guys? What? What other guy are they? (laughs) (laughs) Let's see here. Um... They probably like mushrooms on their pizza. They're the mm. guy who likes mushrooms on their pizza. Okay. Um, they're the guy that says, uh, sorry, but when I meant I want butter in my popcorn, I meant could you actually feel it halfway, then put the butter in, and then put it also on the top? They're really the guys who hit up girls on social dating apps, and they talk about how pretty they are, and then when the girl doesn't seem interested, they unleash a slur, like a, a slew yeah. of like, yeah. you bitch, like that's blah, blah, blah. The kind of, that's, that's the that's guy they, they are. are. Yeah, nailed yeah. it. I feel like this comic book, and this is from Greg, is uh, somebody said, make a TNT show, but make it crazy. <laughs> <laughs> You're exactly right. <laughs> Greg did say that, and I, but I agree. But isn't that like Fargo? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. This isn't like Fargo. This is like Longmire. I'll say that this, it's a, it seems like it's a very- Real cl- snow Justified. Thugs. Sorry. <laughs> We're never going to get through this. <laughs> what were you going to say? I was going to say, it seems like a really cliche thing to say about good comic books now, Oh, this would make a great TV show, or this would make a great movie. Well, isn't are they people, kind of written that people way? People say that, yeah, but they're certainly written that way. Well, I but feel it like, might also be fandom, just being like, I want to consume more of this sure. in different mediums. You're, yeah, that's totally right. I feel like creators know going into this too that like my book could be opted for a show because production people have boners for comic books right now. Yeah. That they just want to adapt, adapt, adapt. I do feel like what those sketches are at the back of books are, are mm-hmm. kind of like those... Storyboards. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like the books that you can buy of like films, the... The art books or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you buy a comic book, you don't have to storyboard it. If you make it in a TV show, you just yeah. have your storyboard for you. This As, is literally... If this was made into a TV show, every dad would love it. I think Tim Allen should be the lead character <laughs> in this fucking... He's not buff, buff I don't think no, you're painting on. an accurate picture of, of what this comic book is <laughs> by making that statement, though. I feel like there's a lot... The story is going to be, what's the cop's background? What are all, the, like, the interrelationships between the people in this small town and their, like, unknown lives that they have? The town and then Carl Urban. And then there's going to be... Him. People from out of the town that affect the whole ecosystem of the town and like that whole did you guys that ever, whole dynamic. Did you guys ever read me. or watch the movie A History of Violence? No, no. They reminded me of that a little bit. If you that's the An- doesn't matter three, trifecta of chimes. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there was a little so, bit of like a Casablanca thing at the end. Yeah, sure. There you go. Yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> or out cold if you want to stick yeah, with the snow theme. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> snow buddies. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Snow buddies. It was like uh, the Love Actually, um, the yeah. one subplot where he goes to Minneapolis and fucks a bunch of porn stars. <laughs> Here comes the Colin. <laughs> I do know what you're talking about. There you go. Yeah. 
This book for being 50 pages was a page turner. Didn't even realize how long it was. Right. I got to the end and I was like, what's going to happen? Yeah, it doesn't seem like that at all, does it? Mm-mm. There's like, there's a handful of like different um, environments that you get set up into and it all still feels so small. And I think it's just the dynamic of the town they set up. It, it can location hop a lot, and you're not, like, you're throwing too much at me. It feels really isolated, the town that totally. it's set in and all that, yeah. This is going to sound pretentious, but I think the town feels like a character in this story. It's so oh well-developed. What is yeah. this, Lake well, Wobegon? Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, I like Glacier City a lot, and I'm super frustrated. Uh, it was very good. Um, and you don't have to pay anything hardly for it, so... Even if you want to take a chance on it, take a chance on it. I don't think you should be frustrated at all. This was a great book. Everybody should read it. It was a wild ride, and Copperhead actually felt as good as this was, so the promise in this book is going to be equally as good. Can I just say thank you for uh, invalidating my feelings before you just wrapped everything up? I didn't invalidate them because I you your frustration. That's what somebody says when they're about to invalidate some more. Because you're, I'm not invalidating yeah, you. Explain why I'm not. My your, feelings aren't valid. Okay, I will. Your frustration was was it was a sub zero was it was already invalid before it entered the, the conversation. Well, podcast. Now's the time that I'm gonna tuck you in. Time for bed. Let me read you a story. Who's it written by? Oh, it's written by. Uh, Found City Frequency. We got music by Primary Colored Music. We're uh, recording in KCUR 89.3 Studios. And uh, <laughs> that's who it's written, for, written by. I don't want to go to bed. What's, blah, the blah, voice? Blah, blah, blah. What's the voice that you're slipping into? This is how I read to my child before I put her to bed every night. <laughs> it's like slowly like a pack-a-day <laughs> granny. I love it. Cliff notes. You just read every other word. KCUR 89.3 Studio. <laughs> Good night, Produced Moon. and edited by Matthew Hodap. <laughs> Let's see what else. <laughs> Now we're getting to the real good stuff in this book. <laughs> so everybody, tell them why you're going to go bye-bye. <laughs> oh, this is Greg McTie signing off. I'm Caitlin Rossick, and I'll show myself out. My name's Mike. So long. And this has been a Budget King Productions. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.